Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Welcome to the Kent Online podcast on Wednesday, September the 2nd. First up today, two men are starting life sentences for murder following the conclusions of two separate trials in Kent. Benjamin Bowler has been told he'll serve a minimum of 17 years behind bars for strangling his girlfriend. Kelly Price was found at the flat they shared on Richmond Road in Gillingham in January. 41-year-old Bowler tried to deny being responsible but was found guilty by a jury at Maidstone Crown Court. Meantime, the police officer who led the investigation into the murder of a disabled man in Gillingham says it was the most harrowing scene he's attended. Alan Wyatt, who was in a wheelchair, was attacked at his home in February last year. The crime scene was then set on fire. 35-year-old Michael Bryant from Firethorn Close is starting a minimum of 28 years in prison for murdering his neighbour. DCI Tristan Klubenschadel spoke outside court. Um, the sentence of 28 years is a, is a good sentence, but of course it's never going to be enough for the family who have lost their loved one in Allen, um, and they've got a lot to contend with. Um, the trial process here was of significant length, and the defendant, Brian, messed that process around quite considerably, and that just prolonged their, their agony, really, and their, their grieving process. Um, so I'm pleased we've got to the end of the court process, as no doubt the family are as well. I've got to say, in 30 years of being a police officer, it was the most harrowing scene that I've ever attended, and I've been working on homicide for quite some time. Vicious attack, relentless, no remorse. Uh, You heard in the trial multiple weapons used, including a knife, a hammer, and a meat cleaver, and significant injuries uh, to Mr. White. Um, Horrendous attack. Kent Online News. Several people have been injured after a lorry crashed into a row of cars near Strood. A major rescue operation got underway earlier on the A228 in Cuxton, where it's believed the truck lost a wheel and careered into nearby vehicles. The road was closed and the air ambulance landed nearby. The family of an eight-year-old girl who died after being hit by a falling tree near Sittingbourne have paid tribute, describing her as a beautiful girl. Maisie Main was killed in the freak accident in Bobbing last month. Her younger sister needed life-saving surgery. Two men involved in a gun handover in Rochester have been jailed for a total of more than 14 years. Surveillance officers from the National Crime Agency found a firearm and live bullets in a rucksack last October and arrested a 24-year-old. A 30-year-old was detained following a standoff. Now, the manager of a taxi company in Thanet is worried the industry will never fully recover from the coronavirus crisis. Cabs have seen a big drop in demand during lockdown and customer numbers are still low, even though some restrictions have been lifted and we can go out more. Thanet cars have gone from doing up to 17,000 jobs a week to just 8,000. Their manager is Andy Doody. I mean, we went from having 70 cars out a day down to... 30. I've got to say, I was quite proud of the lads because we had a steady 30 and they kept going right through, which I was pleasantly surprised because I wouldn't have wanted to do it, but they did. And they were doing, as well as normal work, they were doing NHS work, they were taking the frontline crews, they were doing some of the nursing home staff for nothing, shopping drops, meal deliveries. They really 
got into it for the community, which from our side was pleasant, you know, but as a business side, it's hurting. It's really hurting because even now we've only probably got 40, 45 cars out instead of the 70 odd, you know, and that's a lot of drivers that are not paying in for us to pay the staff. And of course, when the furlough ends, then it's going to be really difficult. The days of every Friday, Saturday and Christmas time with Christmas parties, firm functions, pubs, restaurants, the work's not going to be there because people can't do it. Quite a few of the drivers have said that when they've been picking people up afterwards, from restaurants especially, how uncomfortable it feels. And I know it's got to be done. We're not arguing with that. It's common sense. But if you go in and then you've got three empty tables, and it just it feels weird, you know, which it does. We've all got to get used to a new normal. But that doesn't help the restaurants. It doesn't help the taxis. You know, it's, it's a knock-on, you know, from one pocket to another. It's it's not being spent. It's not, not coming back to us. The National Private Hire and Taxi Association is calling for more support from the government. A new railway station in Kent that's been proposed for years will now be built. Permission for Thanet Parkway has been granted during a virtual planning meeting. It'll speed up journey times between that part of East Kent and London. Sticking with transport news and the Ashford MP is urging the PM to encourage train companies to introduce flexible season tickets. Damien Green says more adaptable tickets will not only benefit commuters but could also help save the rail industry. He's asked Boris Johnson about it during Prime Minister's questions. I share my right honourable friend's enthusiasm that those who can get back to work safely in their offices should do so but realistically many will only want to do so for two or three days a week. Can I urge him to use his considerable powers of persuasion to encourage the rail industry to introduce immediately flexible season tickets uh, so that those people are not tied into traditional work patterns, both to help many thousands of commuters in uh, areas like mine in Ashford, but also to help save the rail industry. We are working at pace with rail companies uh, to try to deliver new uh, products in terms of Uh, of ticketing which ensure uh, not just better value uh, but also enable people uh, to get back to work in a flexible way. Plans to build 900 homes in Herne Bay have been rejected amid fears it would create a concrete slum on the outskirts of the town. The multi-million pound development in Hilborough also included proposals for a new primary school, care home, community centre and shops. A Kent woman who spent a year and a half battling for a diagnosis after waking up in pain is urging others with invisible illnesses not to give up. Ashley Brozek from Rutum developed severe stomach pain when she was 21. It's never gone away, but some doctors suggested she was imagining it. She was eventually told by a specialist she has anterior cutaneous nerve entrapment syndrome and has been telling her story to Sophie. I just... uh literally woke up one morning I thought I had just bad abdominal pain I thought maybe you know maybe I was due on my period or you know like a urine infection something like that just a really deep intense pain I had university that day so I did my normal drive to university I thought you know I started driving I parked quite far away because I quite liked the walk started walking and the pain obviously like I've said the 
movements a trigger for me so the more I walked the worse the more intense the pain got and I was walking along and I just ended up just sweating and I just was throwing up in a bush just from sheer pain you know shaking it was just it wasn't normal I thought something you know something was wrong but I, I needed to get to university I had a presentation I thought maybe it's the nerves from you know presentation that day so I got to uni and everyone just said you know you look awful like there's just I just was pale I was just really sweating it was just it was just you know pain I had never felt before it was just you know overwhelming so um I somehow got through that presentation I think everyone was, thought I was gonna pass out at any minute but I got through it and um yeah unfortunately that was my last day at university so um since that it literally was I just woke up with that pain one day and it's just never gone and do you know at all what uh, tricks it is it just something that can come up for anyone is it specific thing that happens yeah so acne syndrome is something that can literally happen to anyone it's like me I just woke up one morning with it but for other people it can be through an injury it can be through you know a rapid weight gain or loss it can be from you know something that's triggered the abdominal wall but for me it, um, and a lot of people it is just something I just woke up with one day there's no there's things that can predispose you to the condition such as things like hypermobility syndrome, Ellis Danlos syndrome, stuff that affects your collagen can make you kind of more susceptible to it. But like me, it can just happen to anyone. I literally just woke up. So there's no nothing they can pinpoint what caused it. It just was just completely random. I guess that was kind of like a massive shock as well, just from one day not having it and the next day it coming out of nowhere. Yeah, and I think because I was young, I thought, you know, you always think you're going to get better. You know, no one ever thinks they're going to wake up one day and be disabled. You know, there's no, there was no lead up. There was no pre-existing conditions. It was just, I literally just woke up one day and I was disabled from there on out. So, um, but yeah, before I was very fit, very healthy, very active. You know, I went to the gym pretty much every day. I was very, you know, lived a healthy lifestyle. So it's just nothing, something you don't think that's going to happen to you, is it? So can you tell me about um, kind of the journey of you getting the diagnosis? Yeah, so my journey was unfortunately quite similar to other people with invisible illnesses. I, uh, it took me about a year and a half to get a diagnosis. I found a specialist online, a professor that, you know, I thought would, you know, seems the expert of everything abdominal. So I went to see him and he said he knew what it was as soon as I walked in the room which was you know unbelievable you know I spent a year and a half seeing NHS doctors that were brilliant but unfortunately you know they just don't have the funding to do their own you know it's such a rare condition that it's just not something they come across much you know maybe some people have but it's just one of them niche things that unfortunately isn't what walks into A&E every day with them you know if, if I'd have gone in with a broken leg they probably could have fixed it that day but unfortunately it's something that isn't overly recognised, hopefully will be in the future, because um, a lot of people have been misdiagnosed for a long time with this condition, because, you know, it is rare, and um, but unfortunately it's actually a very easy test, you can diagnose it with something called a Carnitz test, which is just um, very low, uh, uninvasive procedure, it's just pressing on the abdominal wall and doing some tests, and that would show what it is, so hopefully we're showing awareness, hopefully people you know it's such a simple test that you could do literally in five minutes and could diagnose someone which would you know be amazing for a lot of people misdiagnosed. I guess what was the impact of you finally getting that diagnosis how did that make you feel how did that impact how you dealt with it? Um, 
I remember getting the diagnosis that, you know, I walked in and the doctor just said, I knew what it was as soon as you walked in the room, which was unbelievable because I'd spent a year and a half literally being put under, you know, that we don't know what this is, being discharged from everywhere. And I was just begging them to just, you know, look a little bit deeper because, yeah, there isn't a test you can do for a nerve issue that I know now, but there isn't a scan. There's nothing that will show physically that they were looking for that would show you know this invisible illness that I had and um so yeah when I walked into that doctor and he gave me a diagnosis just that he knew what it was straight away it was just pure relief I just remember me and my mum leaving that room and just like just crying and just hugging and it was just unbelievable for just just finally to just and I know it wasn't it wouldn't be necessarily something that was treatable or could be cured some people have but it was just you know that I finally had that kind of recognition. Someone had finally taken me seriously and looked and found it, you know. More big events have been called off because of coronavirus, Rochester's Christmas Market and Dickensian Festival and light switch-ons across Medway have been cancelled. Bosses say it'll be too difficult to hold the events while following the government's social distancing guidelines. And finally, some sports news today. The Gillingham chairman has thanked season ticket holders for helping keep the club afloat during the pandemic. Paul Scally says loyal fans have saved them from going under while sport's been affected. He's looking forward to welcoming supporters back to Priestfield when government guidelines allow it. Well, that's it for today, but you can also now subscribe to the IM News app to access all KM Group newspapers. Head to iliftmediasubs.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.